Are you working? What kind of work do you do? You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. All right, what is it you want to do when you grow up? Giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Welcome in to The Edge for this Friday evening in the city of Toronto. I am Aaron Korolnik. We are live on TSN 1050 in Toronto. We stream live at tsn1050.ca. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And our man behind the glass on The Edge is a man by the name of Al's brother. And he has been taking it on the chin week after week, day after day on Overdrive. And listen, people. We all go through some slumps in our lives, some cold streaks in many different ways, whether it be when it comes to betting on the NFL, it might come in other ways, if you know what I mean. But when those who persevere, those who stick it through the tough times, when they really put their minds to success and to graduating past their failures and back into the light, those are the people who I really respect. And my man, Al's brother, is about to put on a clinic. And I'm staring at him in Zoom. He's rolling his eyes. About to put on a clinic of NFL gambling this weekend. So, Al's brother, I want you to put all of the negative thoughts outside of your head. Forget this abomination of a cold streak you're currently on. It's a fresh slate, my friend. You're ready to rock today. What's going on? I cannot hear you, Al's brother. I'm not sure your mic is actually on, but... My mic is now. It's oh, okay. Just a slump. Wow. It's oh, a my slump. God. Everything. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> this guy can't even mic. turn his mic on. Oh, this is too good. But this is you, too good. Uh, uh, like, this is what I'm saying. It's just a, a slump like nobody's ever seen here. We need to, like, to, to just bust it somehow. And, and I spoke to the farmer today because I was okay. debating on quitting gambling on no, football no, i debated no. on it and the and and the farmer came to me and he said don't let the fear of striking out take you from playing the game okay so okay, i'm not I, i'm gonna keep it going keep persevering i feel good about my picks i got the you know we got pound the table coming up at the end of the yep. show i feel really good about my picks I, uh, I i made my pick on overdrive went with the chiefs minus seven and a half Love uh, it. i feel good about that one I, I i really do i think this is going to be the weekend where everything uh starts to go the other way and i go on a big old heater i feel it i feel it coming well, buddy, it was a tough night last night, and I know you were tweeting, you were talking about how the Arizona Cardinals did not come through for you. They lost by seven, the Seahawks winning outright, covering the spread. We'll look back on that game and so much more, but first... Tired of dull predictions? What, 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 can, I, what can I say? Let me explain this to you. Time to sharpen your edge. Okay, favorites went 8-5-1 against the spread last week. This snapped a stretch of five straight weeks where underdogs had a winning record. In fact, it's the first time favorites had a winning week since week one. Unders went 9-5 and five after overs hit in the majority of games in each of the previous three weeks. And let's start with a favorite and my favorite story heading into the NFL weekend. We know New Orleans will be without Drew Brees for a minimum of three games. And we thought, and I certainly thought, Al's brother, uh, we talked about it last week, that it would be Jameis Winston under center for the New Orleans Saints as they host the Atlanta Falcons this week. But there was a huge revelation this morning. It came from Adam Schefter, who said that Taysom Hill has taken all the starter reps at practice this week, and Jameis will be the backup. Taysom Hill is 30 years old, and I can guarantee you, 
He is the only quarterback in the NFL with more than twice the amount of receptions than he has completed passes. That's right. 28 career receptions and 10 career completed passes. This is the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. And we'll get to the fantasy implications of this in just a minute, Al's brother. But when you saw this news, were you more or less inclined to bet on the New Orleans Saints on Sunday? Honestly, I felt less inclined. I felt that Jameis Winston, the more traditional quarterback, somebody who has won games in this league, seemed like the better player for that system. Taysom Hill is a nice gadget player, and it's nice to get a little sprinkle of him every now and then. But for him to be under center every single snap and be the team's number one quarterback, I just don't think it's going to go over very well. And I wonder how it actually plays out. We're seeing all the tweets and the reports that it's going to be Taysom Hill. Jameis Winston had no involvement in any of the offensive play calling, any of the practice plays. It was all Taysom. So it sounds like it's his game to play and in any and all roles in which this offense yields. And I think you're going to see a lot of creative play calls from Sean Payton. And I think in many ways this is an ode to Sean Payton. It's like, look at me, look what I'm going to be able to come up with. And to his credit, if he's able to pull this off against a team in the Atlanta Falcons, who's coming off a bye, who are coming off two straight wins, getting Calvin Ridley back in the fold, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, that's a potent offense, so New Orleans is going to need to score points. But we need to keep in mind that the Saints gave Taysom Hill $16 million in guaranteed money, and they gave Jameis Winston $1.1 million in guaranteed money. So the writing was on the wall from a financial aspect, but I, I'm just very, very surprised, to be perfectly frank. I like Jameis Winston's potential from a fantasy standpoint, and we know what Teddy Bridgewater did as the Saints quarterback last year, going 5-0 and in Drew Brees' instead. Clearly, the Saints don't feel the same way about Jameis Winston as they did about Teddy Bridgewater. So we'll get into the aspects of how this affects the point spread, which it's been a significant change since the beginning of the week for New Orleans and Atlanta. I think that's going to be one of the most compelling games of the weekend. Let's talk some fantasy, though, Al's brother. So why don't we hit it, the, the one of our top stings of the program. Okay, well, we'll do it. We'll do it in just a moment. We, you know, we, we don't even need the sting. It's in outer iffy, and... I mentioned Taysom Hill. He will start in Week 11 against the Falcons. And the unique thing about Taysom Hill and his fantasy eligibility in ESPN leagues only. In ESPN leagues only, Taysom Hill is listed as a tight end. Needless to say, if Taysom Hill is on your waiver wire, and I don't even care who your tight end is, you pick up Taysom Hill and you slot him in as your tight end because getting a quarterback who starts at tight end is a unique and probably never happen again situation. So you're going to want to throw Taysom Hill in your lineup at tight end. Whether or not you want him as your starting quarterback, I would probably say no, simply because of the uncertainty. He will run a lot. He might score a touchdown on the ground. But I don't know if the passing ability is there to rack up a couple touchdowns through the air, even though he definitely has a plus matchup against the Falcons. So he will be in the lineup. Also in the lineup for the Saints will be Alvin Kamara, who did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday, but was able to participate in practice on Friday. So you will see the beast Alvin Kamara out there on Sunday. Calvin Ridley, as I said earlier, he will play in Week 11 after dealing with a foot injury the last couple of weeks. And on the subject of stud wideouts, Devontae Adams should be good to go for Week 11, according to Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. We saw Adams a little bit dinged up with that ankle against the Jags last week, but he did return to the game, and he will be ready to rock on Sunday. Out this week, 
Kenny Galladay. He will be missing his third straight game with a hip injury. DeAndre Swift, also of the Lions, won't play in Week 11 against the Panthers. He has a concussion. Adrian Peterson, Kerryon Johnson, probably a timeshare there. Not particularly interested. You won't see Joe Mixon of the Bengals this week either, as he has a foot problem. Giovanni Bernard, you can slot him in as an RB2 this week. And if he is Teddy Bridgewater of the Carolina Panthers. You might not necessarily want to start Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback, but between Robbie Anderson and Moore and some other aspects of that Carolina Panthers offense, you definitely want to consider and watch closely because P.J. Walker, who if you recall from the XFL, looked pretty good in the XFL. will be able to acquit himself in the same way in the NFL that remains to be seen. So that is in, out, or iffy. And coming up next, one of my favorite guests we have on this program. It's Joe Osborne from Odd Shark bringing you the statistical insight into Week 11 that you will not get anywhere else. I'm Aaron Karolnik, and you're listening to The Edge here on TSN 1050. Watermelon sugar Feeling good on this Friday evening here on The Edge, live on TSN 1050. I am Aaron Karolnik, and I am thrilled to welcome in one of my favorite guys on social media. Does fantastic work with Odds Shark. His name is Joe Osborne. Pleasure to walk, welcome him back to The Edge. What's going on, Joe? How are you? Aaron, my man, I'm good. Thank you for that introduction. And uh, just settled in for the weekend here at this point. Like a lot of people, starting to get cold out, so... Uh, Getting pretty fired up for Week 11, though. Likewise, my friend, and a game I am particularly fired up about is the Saints and the Falcons. And I think part of the reason for that is Taysom Hill, the thrill of the unknown. We don't know what type of offense the Saints are going to run. I imagine Sean Payton will be getting very creative. What do you make of the decision for New Orleans to start Taysom Hill this week, and how will the, how is that affecting the way you're handicapping this game, Joe? Um, I think it's probably the smart move. Like, like let's call it what it is. Uh, Jameis Winston, he's one of the most undisciplined NFL quarterbacks in the history of the sport, right? So I think Taysom Hill, I think they can use a game plan similar to what they used Drew Brees for. You know, those check down passes, probably going to be more run heavy than typical. And they have some pretty good running backs to do that with, of course, Kamara and uh, Latavius Murray. But uh, what I would probably look at, I did like the Falcons when they were plus five. I still kind of like them here at plus three and a half. But we have the total here at 49 points. And I would probably target the under on that one. You know, you look at the uh, the Atlanta Falcons since they fired Dan Quinn. And they made some pretty good improvements on third down, on defense especially. Uh, since they fired Quinn, they're allowing opponents to convert on just 35.5% a third down attempts, and uh, we're seeing the team struggle to score in the red zone as well, so I think that's going to be more field goal attempts as opposed to touchdowns. So I'd probably take a hard look at the under in that one. Joe, we've been talking a lot about Sunday night football, which should be an mm-hmm. awesome matchup. The Chiefs and the Raiders, the Chiefs coming off a bye. Our man Al's brother behind the glass was mentioning how the Chiefs uh, under Andy, Andy Reid in his career is 14-7 and against the spread off of a bye. I know yeah. I follow you on Twitter. I check out the great work you put out on Odds Shark. There's a lot of stats with regards to the Chiefs that make them the pick this week. Do you agree? 
Oh, 100%. And I'm all about the Kansas City Chiefs. And a lot of other people are, too. And this is the thing with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, a lot of people will see the lines for the game, and sometimes they'll be scared off because maybe the spread's too high, or maybe it's one of these situations where they think, well, this looks just way too obvious, and they talk themselves out of it. But this is as close as it gets to being a sure thing in the world of professional football. But the Kansas City Chiefs, are 15-3 against the spread in their last 18 games. So they are an absolute covering machine, and I think they're going to cover again here on Sunday night. And maybe a bit of an interesting pattern. So they're coming off their bye, like you mentioned. After their bye last season, they covered and won the eight remaining games right up into the Super Bowl, and they won with an average win margin of 16.6. And coincidentally enough, that streak started with a 40-9 to win versus the Raiders. And uh, the Chiefs under Andy Reid, they've been cleaning up in these divisional road games, 14-3 and against the spread in this spot. And I do think this sets up so nicely for Patrick Mahomes and this offense. Of course, they're going to be well-rested coming off their bye. Raiders really bad on third down defense, 25th overall in the league. Chiefs, one of the best teams at converting on third down. They rank third in that category. Mahomes is going to be so comfortable. The Chiefs, they don't allow a lot of sacks. The fifth U.S. sacks allowed. The Raiders don't get to the quarterback. Tied for the second U.S. sacks. So uh, there's a lot to like about Kansas City. They're going to be a very, very popular pick this weekend. Joe Osborne from Odds Shark is our guest here on the Edge. I'm Aaron Karolnik, and whatever the Kansas City Chiefs are on one end of the spectrum, the New York Giants are on the exact opposite end. However, Joe, and you need to tell me if I'm crazy, I really like the Jets plus 10 this week against the Chargers team that has two wins this year against the Bengals and the Jaguars. They have a propensity to choke away leads. I think the Jets can keep this game close. The Jets are off a bye. And the Chargers have not really impressed me at all in the last month or so. How do you view this game from a handicapping perspective? Well, it's probably not a game that I'm going to put my own money on just because you can't trust either team. But I kind of learned this a couple of weeks ago. Remember, it was the Jets and the Patriots on Monday Night Football. And the Patriots, for some reason, uh, they've improved in recent weeks, since last week, I guess, but they were a 10-point favor for some reason, and the Jets kept that one very close. So I told myself a lesson to take away from that. When you have a really bad team playing another team that's really bad, and one of the teams is a double-digit underdog, bet on that team. Now, they're not quite a double-digit underdog. I'm seeing that they're 9.5 right here. Okay. But um, the Jets, they're, you know, I think they can grind this one. I would maybe keep it within a touchdown. You know, I'm not going to come on here and make a big case for the Jets because there's not a whole lot of stats that back them up. And to be fair, the Chargers are better than their record indicates. Like a lot of these plays are coming down to, uh, you know, the final minutes. Uh, a lot of these games are coming down to the final minutes of the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, they're just not executing in these clutch moments, right? So I, I would probably have to side with you there, and I would lean – towards the Jets, but I wouldn't trust the Jets with my own money. Yeah, well, Joe, we talk so much about survivor pools on this show. It's week 11, so we're getting pretty deep into it. But the Jets are betting against the Jets, picking against the Jets in the Chargers case is certainly one option this week. And another option you probably would solicit is the Minnesota Vikings, who are playing the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys also off a bye. They will get Andy Dalton back from a combination of concussion and coronavirus. 
The Vikings are seven-point favorites, playing on a short week against a team coming off a bye. How do you view this one? Um, I like the Vikings quite a bit. You know, uh, don't let that bye uh, erase your memory from the fact of, of how bad this Dallas Cowboys team is, especially on the defensive end. You know, they've only covered the spread one time this season. Meanwhile, Minnesota got off to that awful start and looks like they're starting to put it together a little bit here. Kirk Cousins, uh, he's playing some clean football. Of course, Dalvin Cook, one of the best rush attacks in the NFL. And you take a look at the Vikings over their last couple of games. They lead the NFL in net yards per play over their last three games. Dallas is tied for last in their last three games. And the Vikings also much better at home, the Vikings uh, fourth in opponent red zone TD conversion percentage. Dallas 29th in the red zone offensively. So there's a lot that points towards Minnesota here. I do like them to cover, and probably a pretty good option on the teaser as well. Joe, Sunday doesn't necessarily feature a lot of quality teams going head to head. Aside from the Packers and the Colts, the Green Bay one and a, Green Bay is one and a half point dogs on the road in Indy, and under Aaron Rodgers, the Pack. They have a knack for bouncing back after subpar performances. Yes, Green yeah. Bay did get the W against Jacksonville last week, but did not play their best game. What do you make of this line and this matchup? Yeah, I like the Packers. Uh, probably my favorite underdog of the week. Uh, plus one right now, so not much of an underdog, but they still are. And, uh, you know, we do see this team bounce back. Remember, they got clobbered by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they bounced back pretty good the next week. They went into Houston beat up on the Texans. And uh, actually, this is a pattern that's taken place going back to last season. You take a look at the Packers after an ATS loss, so they didn't cover last week versus the Jags. They are 12-0 and against the spread in their last 12 games after an ATS loss. So they do tend to bounce back pretty good in this situation. And the gaps between these offenses, it's actually pretty big. Green Bay, their fourth on third down offense. The Colts, 30th in that category. Green Bay, fourth. And red zone TV conversion percentage, Colts are 25th in that area. And the Colts, uh, you know, you can make a decent case for them. The defense is pretty good. They're uh, coming off a bit of a mini-buy because they played last Thursday. But I thought that the Tennessee Titans, you know, they uh, they gave that game away. Tennessee was leading in that game, and it looked like they had a bit of momentum on their side. And then their special teams just absolutely butchered that game and handed it over to the Colts, so I do like Aaron Rodgers to uh, to bounce back, and uh, it looks like a pretty good game. Joe, it's week 11, and yeah, we mentioned survivor pools a little bit earlier, and I am in a very a pretty big stake survivor pool, and I am really struggling with my decision, so I'm going to use this platform to ask you to help me make it. Would you take the Chargers against the Jets or the Vikings against the Cowboys if you had to pick one? I would have to go for the Vikings because they are still... You know, uh, every game means so much. If they lose one more game, you know, they could probably kiss the playoffs goodbye. And I like the momentum they're bringing into this game. And uh, like I said, let's not forget about how bad this Dallas team is. You know, they have a lot of shiny weapons on offense. Uh, Elliott's not really having a good season. You have Andy Dalton out there slinging it. Let's not forget how bad Andy Dalton is. So uh, the Vikings, they they have a lot to play for. And I love the momentum they bring into that game. So uh, I do like them to cover, but I definitely like them to win that one outright. 
I can just hear the soundbite being played over and over, the you like that soundbite being played over and over again. But I am with you, I think. I will, I'm going to ask every single guest we have on tonight their opinions and use it as a crowdsourcing opportunity and make a final decision that way. Joe Osborne from Odds Shark, you do terrific work. Thank you for taking the time tonight, my friend, and hope to have you back on the show soon. My man, thank you very much. Good luck to you and good luck all, to all the listeners on Sunday. Thank you very much. That is Joe Osborne from Odd Shark. And if you don't follow Joe on Twitter, do it because he gives you tons of great insight and statistical analysis you will not get anywhere else from a gambling perspective, except perhaps one place. TSN Edge and the executive producer of TSN Edge, his name is Dom Padula, who also does terrific work much in the way that Joe Osborne does. He will join us next. We'll talk about Week 11 in Survivor, the Taysom Hill problem in fantasy and in real life, and so much more. That's coming up next on The Edge. Ball for me. That is what Taysom Hill will do this weekend as the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Welcome back to The Edge here on TSN 1050. Make sure to check out TSN Edge, tsn.ca slash edge. And the man who runs, runs the show for TSN Edge, the executive producer. He joins us every Friday evening. It is Dom Padula. What's up, Dom? Not much, buddy. I was talking to Al's brother uh, just during the break there coming on, and I was telling him whoever he's got this week, I'm going to be tailing him because, you know, you can only struggle for so long. Wow. Eventually it turns around, and I think this is the week. So I'm going to be paying attention to what he has on the pound the picks table, uh, pound the table picks, and uh, I'll be tailing him for sure this week. Well, I'm seeing Al's brother with this grin on his face like you, you made his day. Let me tell you, Dom, as this first segment of this of this program was going on. And you talk about how cold Al's brother is with his picks. I throw to Al's brother, am I talking about the Saints or something? What do you think, Al's brother? And then I hear this, like, dead air. And I'm like, um, what's going on? And and he forgot to turn on his microphone. So... And you were talking to him about his cold streak, too, so it was perfect. Yeah. It was like he did it on purpose. I love it. <laughs> this guy is ice cold. I cannot advise to take any of his picks. I suppose that there is this notion that the bad luck can't go on forever, but the way it's going for Al's brother tonight, I would not expect any winners this weekend. With regards to winners, and if you have Taysom Hill with tight end eligibility in your fantasy league, you're probably feeling like a winner. And, Dom, I don't know if you're aware, but you and I were going head-to-head in the TSN Edge Fantasy League. We have the best two teams, bar none, so it's a showdown for probably number one in the league at season's end. Do you think that Taysom Hill should have tight end eligibility? Because this has been the debate on Twitter in fantasy football today. You, you picked him up, right? You picked him oh, up. Oh, yeah. I Hell knew. yeah, baby. I, I saw it. I saw it happen, and I knew I was playing you this week. And as soon as I saw <laughs> it on my screen, I was like, AK picked him up for sure. But I, I log on, and I see it. It's owned by AK. And I'm like, of course. We're going right ahead this week, and you've got... Uh, Taysom Hill at tight end, and I don't even know who at quarterback. But, yeah, obviously, I mean, think about how many leagues can shift this week based on Taysom Hill playing quarterback and those quarterback stats applying to him at the tight end or the flex position. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And as far as I know, I don't think ESPN could do anything about it this week. So um, I, I'm going to have to overcome a uh, pretty good team anyways, but now it's going to be a pretty good team with Taysom Hill at tight end. So we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, you've got a quality squad. I would not be overly concerned. With regards to gambling on this game, now the Saints opened as seven-point favorites. Then Drew Brees got hurt. It went down to five. Then it was bet down to four and a half. And then with this Taysom Hill news as the starter, it went to three and a half in favor of the Saints. Which side are you leaning towards, Dom? Because the more and more I think about Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback getting all the reps in practice, the unknown aspect, I'm leaning towards the Falcons plus three and a half. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Falcons as well. But you know what? I'm not going to touch this game. And this is why every year we have the same conversations about Drew Brees and his arm strength and the Saints offense with or without Michael Thomas and how they're going to come out. I remember at the start of the year and Saints are playing the Buccaneers and almost everybody I talked to was telling me, Bucks, Bucks, take the Bucks, take the Bucks. And the Saints just, they won that game and then they won the rematch. And so I'm not willing to count out Sean Payton. And I get the, I get the predicament you're in when you look at the unknowns of Taysom Hill running the offense. But look, this is a Falcons team that even though they've been pretty good of late, they struggled earlier in the year. The Saints have had their number going back a couple of years now. They won four of the last five head-to-head meetings. And, you know, when the number is at seven, okay, that's one thing. It's down to three and a half. I don't know if it's going to come down any further. Um, because of the unknown with Taysom Hill and the fact that he has so many pieces around him, the defense has been pretty good. Alvin Kamara, in my opinion, has been one of the MVPs of the league this season, the way they use him in multiple different ways as a, a running back and a receiver. And then now you introduce Taysom Hill, who's a runner against the Falcons defense that's really struggled to slow down many teams this season. I'm going to stay away from it with my own money. That's it. I am like you leaning towards the Falcons getting that three and a half points. I just, I'm not willing to put my own money down with the unknown of Taysom Hill and Sean Payton and what they'll bring to the table this year. Dom, it's been an amazing run for Tua Tagovailoa as the quarterback of the Dolphins. They're 3-0 and with him under center. And you look at what's happening this week with Miami in Denver to play the Broncos as three-and-a-half-point favorites. If Miami were to win, and they are favored to win the game, they would tie the Buffalo Bills atop the AFC East with a 7-3 and record. What do you make of the matchup between the Dolphins and the Broncos, and what do you make of the Dolphins' chances of winning the division? I really like the Dolphins in this spot. They opened at minus two and a half, and I, and I played them, and now it's already up to three and a half. And I think one of the reasons why it's easy to overlook Miami is they were a bad team for a very long time. Um, that did last year. They cleared house. Um, you know, they kind of loaded up on draft picks and loaded up on salary cap space, giving Brian Flores a chance to build the team that he wanted. And they did that this offseason. They spent more pre-agent money than any other team in NFL history. They were absolutely loaded with draft picks. They really bulked up the defense, and we're seeing that pay off um, as the years progress. Remember, no training camp and no preseason, and then they come out against the Patriots early in the season. They didn't look very good at all, and so it was easy to dismiss what the Dolphins were doing. But ever since then, they've been absolutely on fire. You know, they make the quarterback change to us so perfect, and he hasn't had to do too much. And that's the testament to Brian Flores and that defense that he's built up there. It's been incredible watching that defense the last few weeks and the multiple fronts that they've been using and the takeaways week after week, defensive scores, special team scores. Tua's got like over 500 yards and, and five touchdowns this season, no interceptions. Hey, that's great. He's doing a good job managing the offense, but nobody is talking about that Miami defense and how good they've been. I love Miami in this spot against a Broncos team that they turn the ball over a lot anyways, even when Drew Locke was healthy. Um, so I do like the Dolphins in this spot. And in terms of the big picture, I think Miami is a team that could give Buffalo at least a, a legitimate challenge for the division. You know, 
the way these teams match up, it will be interesting to see Tua versus Josh Allen. I think, you know, Brian Flores and those multiple fronts that I was talking about, that's difficult for any offense to handle, and that'll be a different look. I think their secondary matches up well with what the Bills bring to the table. So I think that that division, when you look at what the remaining schedules look like and, and how good Miami has played of late, if Miami wins this week against Denver, which I think they will, they're right there in the mix with Buffalo. And there's a very good chance that those head-to-head meetings between those teams could help determine who the winner of the AFC East is. Don Padula is our guest here. He is the executive producer of TSN Edge. And I should add this caveat before I bring this game up, but Al's brother did take the Kansas City Chiefs minus 7.5 against the Raiders on overdrive. So you're probably going to want to take out a line of credit and bet it on the Raiders. (laughs) But, I mean, I like Kansas City. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of stats. I I don't really know what to say about this game except that you have to fade Al's brother in spite of all the information that would lead you otherwise. How do you feel about the Chiefs this week? No, I told you, this is the week for Al's brother. I am (laughs) failing Al's brother on every play this week, and I actually love the Chiefs. I remember a couple days ago, it was down to Chiefs minus six, and then the the Raiders' COVID reserve news happens, and found out that their whole defense is sidelined, and all of a sudden the number jumps all the way up to eight. Um, I love the Chiefs in this spot. I, I On the look-ahead line, you know, we were talking about the potential for the Chiefs coming off a bye week and how good they've been off a bye week under Andy Reid and what he's done throughout his career. They're outstanding against divisional opponents, 29-3 and in their last 32 games against teams from the AFC West. And then you look at the, the fact that the Raiders' defense hasn't been able to practice this week, not to mention all the stuff off the field that, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they'll brush off this idea of the Raiders taking a victory uh, lap around the stadium, and they might not be willing to admit that it got under the skin, their skin a little bit. But I guarantee you that every one of those guys, when they hit the field this week, they'll be looking to pay them back for doing that, and uh, they'll be motivated and, you know, I'm not, I'm not really looking to take a shot at anybody, but guys that have been in that situation where, you know, they've been involved in a, a game where the opponent's trash talking, got a little bit of extra motivation, it, uh, it does tend to show up in results, and I think it will just with the Chiefs against the Raiders. I'm just still struggling to process the notion that you may be tailing Al's brother on every play this every week. Play. That, that is a re- that is a recipe for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. But, you know, I digress. Let's talk about Week 11 Survivor Pools. We talked about it with Joe Osborne from Odd Shark in the previous segment. I'm debating between the Chargers and the Vikings, and most, most players have already used the Steelers, so they are off, and most players have already used the Chiefs. So I think a lot of people are debating between those two. Where do you stand this week, Dom? Uh, I'm I'm going to take the classic fade the Jets in this spot. And I get it. The Jets are coming off a bye week. You know, there's that little bit of, you know, they showed a little bit against the Patriots. And so maybe, just maybe, you know, with the fact that the Chargers have been kind of snake bit in the season so far, um, there's a potential for an upset. In any game, there's a potential for the upset. But look, the Jets have scored three touchdowns on the road this season. Three touchdowns. Um, Joe Flacco, even with the lead that they built up against the Patriots, they couldn't put it away in the fourth quarter. Now they go on the road where the Jets have been absolutely awful. Um, and, you know, I know when you look at the stats with Justin Herbert and the fact that they haven't been able to put away games, 
you know, it's kind of a blemish on their record, and it's easy to kind of overlook them. But I've watched a few of those Chargers games, and they're in almost every single game they play. Um, they should have beat the Saints on the road. If it wasn't for a missed field goal, they would have beat New Orleans. They very well could have won their last game, dropped touchdown in the end zone. That would have been for a game-winning score. So they're in all of these games. They're essentially going down to one or two plays that decide them. Uh, they're a much better team than the New York Jets are. And so at home, I'm much more willing to trust Justin Herbert and the Chargers to get it done against a really bad football team. I don't mind the Minnesota play. You know, I've heard a few people say um, that, you know, again, Dallas coming off a bye, do they have the potential for an upset? I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins has been excellent this season. I think Justin Jefferson coming into that lineup has made a huge difference. I think Dalvin Cook has been uh, arguably the best running back in football right up there with Alvin Kamara. Um, so I don't really think that Dallas is going to go into that game. And upset them. that said, you know, I have a few picks still alive for survivor pools. I usually like to hedge my bets so I don't go all in on one team. If I did have to go all in, it would probably be on fading the Jets with the Chargers. Um, but I don't think that uh, the Minnesota Vikings are a bad play either. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams won this week. Man, that's a, that's a tough decision. You're into week 11. It's not like there's a bounty of options. And... You're picking a you're potentially yeah. picking a two and seven team or a three and six team, and that's not a, that's not an easy proposition. But we appreciate your advice, and we appreciate you joining us every Friday, my man. And we look forward to chatting again next week. Absolutely, guys. Have a great night, and I'll look forward to your picks in this next segment coming up. All right. Don't put too much on Al's brother's picks, man. I'm telling you, it's a dangerous proposition. This man is ice cold, but, I mean, I suppose he's got to win. I'll be looking for them. I'll be looking for them. <laughs> this is the week, boys. All right, that is Dom Padula. Perhaps has gone crazy. Um, quality, quality individual does a great job as the executive producer of TSN Edge, but he may have lost his mind. All right, next pound the table picks of the week. The grappler will join us, and I guess we'll bring on Al's brother. That's what we've done all year, so why stop now? That's next on the Edge. Hammering home conviction. Stop the hammering. It's the pound the table picks of the week. Where's the hammer? On the Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Okay, so if you are a listener, a viewer of the terrific television and radio program called Overdrive here on TSN 1050, no doubt you've noticed that Al's brother, the technical producer of this program, The Edge, is an abysmal gambler. He is on one of the coldest streaks probably of all time. He is like Jon Snow approaching the wall with all the snow blowing at him, his hair frozen as far as gambling goes. And let's welcome in the grappler, the producer of Overdrive. What's up, Graps? Doing good, man. Golf season's over as of today, so I'm a little upset about that. But, uh, yeah, let's let's try and do what Al's yeah. brother has been unable well, to do and uh, win some people some money. And before we get to that, I have something that's going to brighten your spirits. Because earlier in the program, I was talking to Al's brother about how cold he's been with his NFL picks. And then this happened. Forget this abomination of a cold streak you're currently on. It's a fresh slate, my friend. You're ready to rock today. What's going on? I cannot hear you, Al's brother. I'm not sure your mic is actually on, but... The mic is now on. It's oh, okay. just a slump. Whoa, oh, my God. God. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> this guy can't even mic. turn his mic on. Oh, this is too good. This oh, is this man. is what's... This poor guy, honestly, I can't even believe he's able to dress oh. himself right now. 
<laughs> Send me that clip. We'll use it to open Monday show. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's that's what I like to hear. That's yeah, good content. That's amazing. All right. Oh, so yeah. the pound the pound the table picks. We do it every Friday. And I heard Al's brother's pick on Overdrive was Kansas City, which concerns me because they're part of my picks. Graps, take it away. Who are your two pound the table picks for Week Eleven? Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, the Chiefs are a part of my uh, my duo of picks as well. I guess I'll start there. Um, I mean, should, you know, Sunday night or should be a good one. Uh, you know, the Chiefs set, looked like they were pretty upset about, you know, A, losing to the Raiders at home earlier in the year, and that victory lap that the Raiders took afterwards. Uh, for a team like the Raiders, who's had no success in several years, uh, I don't think that was the best idea for them to kind of gloat that way. But, uh, hey, I guess Gruden's going to Gruden. Uh, but, yeah, I expect the Chiefs to handle this one with ease. We all know how great Andy Reid is coming out of bye weeks. Um, and as for the game itself, I mean, the Raiders continue to have COVID issues across, them team, uh, across the team with, you know, a bunch of guys, uh, 10 defensive players on the uh, COVID list. We don't know if they're going to be able to suit up. Even their own defensive coordinator said that with a full week of practice, they were going to have a hard enough time slowing down Mahomes. How's that going to look with no practice? Uh, bottom six pass defense pace, facing the number one pass on offenses football in football. Uh, not a recipe for success. Uh, Mahomes is going to be finding holes all day. The only thing that could hold the Chiefs back is their suspect run D. Raiders ran for over 200 yards last week in a victory over Denver but this isn't the Broncos this is the defending Super Bowl champs and it almost feels like Mahomes is somehow flying under the radar this year everyone's talking about Russ Kyler Brady Aaron Rodgers meanwhile the Chiefs are nine and one they've got a QB with a 25 to one touchdown interception ratio Chiefs should win with ease against the Raiders on Sunday night that is game number one game number two I got the Dolphins at minus three over the Broncos uh, not your most exciting matchup but Tua continues to feed the field the Dolphins into a you know, a pretty decent team. They've won five in a row. Fifth in the NFL in point differential with plus 69. Just for a little perspective, guys, last year through nine games, they were at minus 149. So for a team who had who started last season with players openly saying they wanted out, a pretty incredible turnaround for the team. But the Dolphins haven't done anything great. Pretty weak run game, no top-end receivers, QB still getting comfortable, but great on special teams. They've got a punt returner who leads the, who leads the league in uh, punt return yardage and a field goal kicker who had uh, hit 22 straight field goals before missing last week. Uh, Broncos are a team I just can't get behind, whether it's Drew Locker, Brett Ripien under center. That offense has been brutal. They keep trying to give the ball to Melvin Gordon. He's not going anywhere. Maybe if they start using Philip Lindsay as their feature back more, might help him out a bit, but I don't think it's going to happen this week. Take the Dolphins at minus three. Okay, thank you very much, Grappler. I guess we'll give Al's brother the floor for his picks. You can do with what you please with them. You could fade them. You could bet them like Don Padula does. So go ahead, Al's brother. What do you got? Yeah, I got some bad news for you, Graps, because I'm also on Miami this week, minus three against the That's Broncos. Uh, Denver's defense, they've given up more than 30 points in each of their last four games. Miami averaging 30 points a game since Tua took over. They're still young and improving offensively. The Finns' defense has taken a huge step forward as of late, really becoming the, the identity of this team. Plus, we don't really know who's going to be at quarterback uh, in Denver this week. It looks like it's going to be Brett Rippon, not a guy I want to hang my hat on, so I'll take Miami minus three is the pick here. And for my second pick, I'm taking the Steelers against the Jags. The Steelers are the NFL's lone undefeated team, and they're also a good bet against the spread. They've covered in seven of nine games this year. Jacksonville just four of nine. Big Ben, he's got that offense humming. Our man, Maple Tron, getting it done out in Pittsburgh. The Jags giving up 30 points a game. And offensively, they'll be without Gardner Minshew again. Jake Luton to get the start. Uh, LaVisca Cheneau, doubtful to play as well. And the Steelers have been hard to run against all year long, so I don't expect to strong performance at James Robinson either. So I'm pounding the table for the Steelers at minus 10.5. 
Don't call Grappler, you listen. You listen to Al's brother. You listen to Al's brother's picks. Do you cheer for him or against him? Um, I see. I don't even care too much about his picks, but how they apply to my host. So if I feel like I mm-hmm. need Hayes in a good mood, then I want Hayes to win. If I feel like I need O in a good mood, then I want O to win. So what? What, what Al's brother that's does? A, is, that's a producer. Pretty irrelevant to me. <laughs> oh man, I just, and I just love when the Stone Cold intro kicks in. Music to my ears. Okay, I have two picks. I'm taking the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs in this spot. We know Andy Reid off a bye in his career, 14 and 7. Love that stat. And I also love the stat about what the Chiefs did after their bye last season. Joe Osborne from Odd Shark detailed it earlier. They went 8 and 0 against the spread with an average win margin of 16.6 after their bye last season. And this is game one after their bye this season. Love the Chiefs minus seven and a half. And, boys, I'm taking the Jets, plus 10. That's right. The New York Jets are my team this week. This is it. They're coming off a bye. Their offense is finally healthy. And say what you will about Joe Flacco versus Sam Darnold, I don't really think there's much of a difference. I think Flacco, if anything, off a bye might be advantageous for the Jets. I think they're going to get it done. And I really believe this game will be close. And I don't want the stink of Al's brother on my pick, so don't even comment on it, Al's brother. I don't want to know where you lean. Okay, fine. Tell me where you lean on Jets and Chargers, and we'll and we'll go from there. Well, luckily for you, I think that the Chargers are going to win the game, although they're two and seven, and they've been in very close matchups. They're also a much better team than their two and seven record suggests. Okay. The Jets' awful team, so I think they should be able to uh, to cover that number. All right, just tripled my wager on the Jets. Okay, perfect. Al's brother, as always, a terrific, not a terrific job. You did adequately tonight, but you know I love you, Graps. Huge fan of your work producing Overdrive. And I've been clamoring for it. I want you to start making the picks on Mondays and Thursdays. I think it's only appropriate considering well, I almost called them struggles, but whatever Al's brother's got going on is something completely different. So have yourself a great weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. You too, guys. Have a good one. All right, that is the grappler, the producer of Overdrive, on behalf of Al's brother. You did a great job, my friend. Thank you very much. I am Aaron Karolnik. That's The Edge for this Friday evening. Have a great and safe weekend.